0: you know it's one of those things where vikings fans they they have to this morning be saying to themselves like you you got a good game from kirk cousins but just a good enough game yeah. for them to also be beat by the lions yep. and uh, and and you're you know kirk cousins stands are in a pretzel right now where you're like cuz you know i always get a, t- a bunch of kirk cousins stands you know In the Twitter world, because as a Bears fan for all the years, they're like, "Well, he's better than Mitch. He's better than Mitch," and all the arguments I get involved with him about Kirk Cousins, and that's the epitome of like a like a perfect Kirk Cousins pretzel loss. (laughs) You're like, "Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't lose this game, and we lost the game terribly to a really bad Lions team." but he's not good enough to just not lose those games it's like the perfect kirk cousins my mind is in a pretzel
1: it's the uh what we can call the uh cousins conundrum <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean it's a it's a oh, i i i am so excited to talk about that game but i was just laughing because i'm like you see the kirk cousins thing if you just if you name search kirk cousins on twitter right now it's hysterical cuz you just literally a, a bunch of people either like This is it. That's the last straw with Kirk Cousins. And those type of people you're like, oh well, he's still got two years, 60 million dollars left guaranteed on his contract, versus the people who are still trying to defend Kirk Cousins, not his fault. Oh man, it is a it's a hell of a day for the Kirk Cousins stands out there.
1: It's the uh, epitome of what his career is, right He's yeah he's just good enough a lot of the time and even uh, even when he plays well though they're not able to overcome some of just the you know mishaps of the team around him and stuff you know I actually I work with a diehard Vikings fan and in in his uh, opinion this was kind of the nail in the coffin for Zimmer in his mind. He's like he has been wanting for a couple years to move off of Zimmer but I think for him, This kind of loss, the way they lost and everything, the way that defense gave up that final drive. Yeah. um, For a guy who's a defensive coach. I mean, they, the Vikings defense hasn't been scary for a few years now, right? So that's, that, that's kind of what he hangs his hat on. So.
0: Yeah, I have some thoughts, and we'll save it yeah. when we get to the actual game. But, yeah, absolutely. you know, it's just one of those it's, – it's one of those, again, if you're, if you're Mike Zimmer, it might actually be a benefit if you just get away from that Kirk Cousins contract.
1: Well, that's, <laughs> uh, that's been a, a brutal thing. They were showing the uh, off-season quarterbacks, the Russell Wilsons, the Deshaun uh, Watsons, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and the cap hits that they would uh, take if you were signing them before June versus after June. All of them were perfectly reasonable, and then it's Kirk Cousins. 35 million. It's like, what? You know, Good Russell Wilson, Lord. Aaron Rodgers would be like a 20 million cap. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, still at this point, it's still uh, 35
0: million. For his agent, his agent deserves uh, all the, uh, all, all the, the awards. Friends. I mean, yeah, really
1: dude. that. I mean, if you're a, a college student uh, or a college athlete, I mean, find, goodness, Kirk find Cousins that either. guy and yeah. <laughs> lock it up ASAP. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, week 13 in the books. I think Mark, this, uh, this may be, you know, maybe next week will be probably the final show where we kind of do this format of going over a majority of the games and touching all the scores and stuff, because after, after this next week, uh, I think we're really, it's going to be a lot about playoff picture and really looking at the teams that are firmly in that hunt. Now, when we're talking about the AFC, it's still pretty much every team in that conference. Yeah. seemingly in the hunt just because of how things are shaking out there but we're starting to mold these pictures a little bit better and getting a more uh you know clearer idea of how things are going to shake out but and, and there were some key matchups you know now we're getting into the really nitty-gritty of some of these divisional showdowns uh you know we saw the Re- raven steelers game uh we also the 49er seahawks game uh you know vikings lines we just mentioned so some interesting showdowns for sure here uh, as we wrap up Week 13, outside of the Monday Night game coming up later tonight between the Patriots and Bills, which is another big uh, AFC East showdown that that's going to have some implications for sure. Yeah, that
0: game, it's huge, huge game. It, to me, it's the best game of the whole weekend, and we get it. Probably
1: tonight. is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, that's an exciting one to kind of end the the Week 13 slate on. But you know, we'll start. We'll try and backtrack all the way to Thursday. Mark um, the Cowboys at the Saints. You know, this game, I I think there was some excitement coming into it because you didn't know what you're going to get out of Taysom Hill. And, you know, the Saints really had nothing to lose at this point. They didn't have Alvin Kamara again. So it's like, what are they going to be able to do? You know, they were five and six coming in, still had a, you know, a shot at maybe putting themselves in a playoff race. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, like, needed a convincing win. um, And they got a 10-point victory, 27-17 to over the Saints. And uh, Taysom Hill did look good. I think he's probably going to be the guy going forward for them. But... Uh, you know, the story really was, you know, they finally get Amari Cooper back. They had Zeke and Pollard fully healthy. They had CD lamb healthy again, you know, the Cowboys actually finally had, it seemed uh their entire wealth of weapons at the disposal. And so that seemed to play a factor in this one for sure. But, um, you know, they're able to run the ball well. And, and, and Dak, uh, was able to do enough while the defense was able to ultimately win them that, that game. Did
0: I miss here? Did you say Taysom Mill played well?
1: I thought Taysom Hill played well. Yeah, absolutely. He had a hundred yards rushing on the ground. He threw for two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he was 19 of 41, but I'm, I'm not With saying, four well,
0: interceptions. I,
1: I, I understand. I, I, oh, get it. I no. get
0: it. but, but I, they weren't, right.
1: though, there were two of those interceptions. I, I don't think I'd put on him necessarily, but I will say uh, I'm, I'm not saying well, just uh, in terms of like how I would evaluate well for Patrick Mahomes versus well, like, it, well, for what Taysom Hill brings to the table, I think he did enough and he played well situationally. Though, yeah, the four picks is terrible. I mean, that's awful. Uh, but I still think that they're going to roll with him the rest of the season, even well, if Trevor I'm, Simeon comes back healthy. I think Taysom Hill is going to be the guy because he at least inserts some spark in this team. Well, they, And they, he still kept them somewhat in this despite throwing four touchdowns, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, well, they but, paid him or the guy in that weird well, way. Yeah, I, you know that's true. For me, you know, I said this, I mean, I don't know. I said this, you know, what what week did Jameis get hurt? I mean, I said it like four or five weeks ago. I was done with the Saints at that point in time until they proved to me that they were going to go to that conservative Drew Brees, just dink and dunk offense that protected the ball and uh, played elite defense like they have been the past two years with Drew Brees. And they just haven't done it at all. I mean, the, the Saints are... Uh, the, the Saints have just fallen off the map. It's a five-game losing streak at this point in time. Uh, they they were, just to show you how good they were playing, the Saints are now only at a minus-two point differential, and they're on a five-game losing streak. Yeah, that's so kind of
1: crazy. It is you crazy. I mean, they that.
0: were playing at a really good elite level, and, uh, you know, I think this makes the case for Jameis to have a job next year. I don't know if it's with New Orleans or whatever, but to see how the Saints have kind of fallen off the map. I do think it helps Jameis if he comes back healthy, that knee injury. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, the Saints to me are, are very much dead in the water. And if Taysom Hill, you give him the next, you know, couple games to figure out, hey, is, you know, the five or six games to say, I don't think he's the guy going forward. I think Sean Payton needs an elite quarterback and he's an elite oh, quarterback yeah, coach. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But I think that, you know, he can prove that he is uh, in that Taylor Heineke class of like, no, you want this guy as a spot starter, a backup, a gadget type of guy. Um, I think he's still got all the the time in the world to prove that. For Dallas, give them the credit. Nice road, uh, nice road W. And I and I'll just say this. I I think um if I if I'm Dallas, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're you're beat up a little bit. And 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 you're what you're realizing is that Amari Cooper is is way more important than you real originally thought. I think, and that. The Dax numbers with Amari in versus with Amari out. He's a different quarterback. And remember before they traded for Amari Cooper, was it in the middle of the season two years ago? I want to say it was 2019 2019
1: season. Yep.
0: They were like, what were they? They were like 0-4 and and he was struggling. And then Amari Cooper turned around for them to make that run later in the season. And then obviously last season, his numbers and the way, well, you know, early on putting up big numbers, but then getting injured, And so for this season, I mean, he really has been a different quarterback with or without Amari Cooper. And that always was my complaint about Dak was that Dak is reliant on other guys. Yeah, absolutely. Be an an MVP candidate. And that's fine. There's that's majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL, but you can't pay then Dak Patrick Mahomes money. Where it's like, you know, those guys are better because of Patrick Mahomes,
1: right? They elevate um, everyone yeah. else around them, yeah. But a
0: nice yeah. win for Dallas, going to stop their skid and a, in a, you know, a, a beating up on a on a on a wounded Saints team with Taysom Hill, who just was easy pickings for them. Let Taysom Hill run the ball. You know what I mean? Let like like like. Yeah, I mean, he's he he's affected. There's a lot of quarterbacks yeah. that would want to be what Taysom Hill is,
1: but they can't yeah. do. It. I mean, there is something uniquely talented about the guy like oh, he of course. he's he's way more versatile than probably you know than than several players in this league so i'll, I'll give him that yeah. credit i will probably retract the played well that i i probably mis did not phrase that properly but i thought he played well for what was expected of him coming
0: into the i game. guess i i you know i, I and i don't think that's t- i don't think that's terrible to say i just think from my when i watched that game my immediate thought was like he is not the type of quarterback that you want starting sixteen yeah. games as a. But he
1: he also like had finger issues, which looked like like he wasn't well, going to be able to throw. But again, again well, that just goes know. to
0: show you what they value out a Taysom's Hill game. Yeah, to be a starting quarterback in this league, you have got to be able to beat teams throwing the football, and if your quarterback gets the same injury basically Russell Wilson got, and he just put a giant like middle school kid hits his finger in a volleyball, on, and it, yeah. on it, on it and you still have him go out there, they just don't value him as a a throwing threat anyway. So, um, yeah, I know we're spending a lot of time in this game to start, but, you know, good win for the Cowboys to kind of right the ship again, especially as the football team has been hot. And, you know, now all of a sudden that division got really tight over the last three weeks somehow. And uh, so nice win for Dallas.
1: Yeah, and, you know, before we get into the Sunday slate, I just want to pose this to you. There are two teams in the league. Cause you mentioned point differential. There are two teams in the NFL right now with a negative point differential that have a winning record. Mm. Can you think of who those might be? All right. I won't cheat. I was just about to okay. look. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> negative point differential, but winning record.
1: Yeah. And one of them is only negative one. So it's I mean, coming into the week. They were, so it, was, it was much bigger. Um, but this week they, they balance that out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, one is negative one. The other is negative 42
0: winning team so winning record winning over record. 500
1: over 500 Steelers the Steelers are though negative 42 point differential which is wild and then, uh, um they're at 6-5 and 1 the uh, other team is second in its division
0: second in its division the chargers it is the chargers
1: hey yep. yep they i
0: think they, they were like neg- oh, negative negative 30 play, they, they play do play these close games yeah yep,
1: yep. They
0: are negative one.
1: So yeah, I that's, almost
0: said the bangles. I was the Bengals or chargers. I, and that was so funny because that game was wildly bangles and chargers. Yeah. And so the, uh,
1: and somehow after that, the bangles are still plus 64 on the season because they had that 41 to 10 route. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that helped tip the scales a little bit, but still pretty impressive there for the bangles, but we'll get into the ma- that matchup. Of course, uh, let's start with the, with the Sunday games and the one o'clock or noon games, if you will uh bears at home against the cardinals and you know i was actually surprised that it ended up being an 11 point game mark because uh you know i know that the weather was a big factor coming into this one but you just had to feel that with deandre hopkins coming back healthy kyler coming back healthy that they were just going to be motivated to do some damage despite any of the conditions around and obviously you know d hop got the touchdown early kyler ran one in it, it was just kind of one of those games. I mean, they started early and even though things kind of fizzled in the second half, they could kind of coast off of that strong start at the beginning of this one at soldier field. And now the bears at, at four and eight, and, you know, largely out of that playoff picture at this point.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's no point in talking about the bears at all. with, with yeah. At this point in time, if Justin Fields isn't playing, there's really no point in talking about the bears. Uh, they, they, Again, it's embarrassing, it, you know, the, but you I do like say, David
1: Montgomery though. I mean, the guy still oh, shows a ton but again, of heart.
0: You're just like, you wonder where that's been the past couple of weeks. He's yeah. been healthy. Yeah. Now it's his third week back. So you, you wonder where that focus has been, unless they felt maybe they rushed him back too early and want to control his workload, which he's your franchise running back. Why you don't put him in there until he can have the workload he can have, you know what I mean? Which yeah. should be the focal point of your offense at this point in time. You know, it seemed it seemed very it was such a Matt Nagy play calling game. Um, it was such a, you know, the whole like which shining. is
1: well, it's funny. do, do you believe him? Because afterwards he said he didn't call the plays. He said I was I was relaying laser's message because laser's headset didn't work, or he oh, said yeah. something to that yeah. effect. But I don't know if that we don't know if that's true at all, you know.
0: at this point <laughs> it's a lot, who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but exactly. It's just like the, the no spine, no spine in the team that you know um, that you know the 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 whole like the fake try to draw him off sides at midfield when like that's the like to me that's like a Matt Nagy encapsulation of just like what's frustrating is that. Where's the killer instinct? Where's the spine? I mean, his post game press conferences are maddening. Uh, yeah. They're not even worth ta- mentioning at this point. It's a joke. The wise, the wise, the wise, and the and the when he talks about asks about Green Bay next week. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna try and go out there and compete." It's got It's pathetic. You know what, <laughs> it's what I mean? It sounds like, like, oh, oh, are you done.
1: okay? Cool, cool. No, yeah, it's
0: like it's just it's just pathetic. And yeah. uh, I love the fire nagging chance in the stadium. I will say this about the Cardinals: they it matters to talk about them they really impressed me. You know what I mean? Kyler and D hop after all the time they've missed and they've stayed afloat, they still have the best record in the NFL. And, and, and now it's like, wait, the Cardinals are now healthy. They've had a time for their main important guys to kind of get right. And they come back and they don't miss a step like in bad yep. weather on um, what did I have been say about the Cardinals all year? Do I trust the Cardinals to go to Lambeau to go to Tampa to go to LA like a road team and face what one of that it doesn't even seem like that's gonna matter at this point in time if he feels like they're gonna have to they're gonna be at home in the comfort of their own home in Phoenix and they, they just haven't missed a step and maybe they've all, uh, had a you know extended long bye weeks for their guys to get healthy and uh, uh it, the Cardinals could be scary I'm very impressed with the Cardinals obviously the Bears aren't great but bad weather on the road coming back from injury. Uh, for them to be clicking that way against a, a, talent, a, a you know a, a bears team that it's not the jaguars it's not the texans yeah.
1: and it's got a d- decent yeah. defense you know they yeah. got playmakers
0: it was impressive um,
1: they, it was set up for the bears to play their physical style you know the traditional um bears type of game it's your weather at home and yeah the cardinals yeah. to put up 33 points that was impressive james conner's been incredible for them this year he really he has been. He has given this team that physical element that maybe it's missed the past couple of years. A lot of people calling them finesse. Now they can run the ball down your throats as well. If they want to not to mention, he's been explosive out of the backfield. He's been a huge integral part of like their success so far. And I think Mark, what we saw that made this Cardinals team so dangerous is what they've been able to do the past month winning with a guy like Colt McCoy and no Deandre Hopkins. I think getting those victories, in the midst of all of these injuries where other teams have really fallen off. You've seen if someone misses one key playmaker, they seem to just completely, you know, drop off. The Cardinals have sustained that success. And that's what to me makes them most dangerous because they're clearly, it's more than just their playmakers. It's built within the framework of the team. That's what's made them so good. So yeah, 10 and two, they're the team to beat right now, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL. Uh the Buccaneers go on the road to the Falcons and get a 30 to 17 win. You know Brady was uh, his signature self in this one. He threw 51 times but was uh, really efficient. 368 yards, four touchdowns for him. You know Fournette had had his opportunities as well. That they got him involved, and you know the Falcons had an opportunity here to kind of get themselves to 500 and and start to you know maybe make that push in the in the wild card race. But now it's you know the Bucks running away with the division. Falcons now pushing themselves pretty much out of that playoff picture, unless they can, uh, you know, muster up some late season heroics, but yeah, this was vintage Brady and Gronk, obviously a a big, he is, he, I think his contributions can't be understated for this team. I mean, there's a reason Tom wanted him back. I mean, he is just, he's so good at just doing the simple things. Like they don't need him to go crazy. Just be in, find those spots in the zone. And, uh, And he can still make plays. It's incredible. He's got the best hands, by the way, of like all tight ends. Uh, It's just his hands are incredible.
0: He really is. It's great to see that, you know, he took that year off from New England and, and it's great to see that he is in a, a really his body's right. And that he's in a great space. And, and I'm happy for Gronk in that way. I'm happy. I'm because he is, to me, the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. And I don't think many people argue. I know his stats aren't near Tony Gonzalez's uh, and even a guy like an Antonio Gates in the more modern game. But he just when he's been in his peak, it's just been such an incredible peak. And he seems as though he's just committed now to saying, I'm just going to keep playing as long as Brady's playing. And as soon yeah. as Brady's done, he will retire and they'll go in the Hall of Fame together, which will be incredible and well deserving. Um, But I, I'll say this. Brady, it's just, it's so impressive. I mean, Godwin had the 15 catches, 143 yards. He, he, what Peyton Manning always had over Tom was that Edry thought he knew the game better. Like he just pre-line of scrimmage knew the game a little bit better than Tom, but Tom's system was really efficient. Tom had more of a coaching help than Peyton. He had better maybe defenses than Peyton always did. And threw you know, a better like, ball. You always thought Tom had a better arm, just a little yeah, bit of a yeah. better arm. Tom is now at the point where he has matched Peyton at his peak, where, or maybe even surpassed it to where I saw that video, it was going trendy. Do you see it where he faked the handoff to Leonard Fournette? It was oh yeah, like, and told, and him, to cover told him, cover two, cover yeah. two, cover two. And like, and Fournette gets a huge gain on it because he's literally telling, like, and I don't know if other quarterbacks have done that, and I'm sure there have been. But it's now like Godwin in his big game is such a great example of Brady. Brady just going, oh, it's going to be Godwin's game. And I know exactly why it's going to be Godwin's game. Wasn't it Godwin was any better today? Like he's been up and it's all of them have up and down all seasons because he just knows, oh, this team does this poorly. And this guy's going to have the matchup today that I like. And he finds it. And it's incredible. And so uh, kudos to him. The only thing I'll post to you is for if you're the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan his contract becomes way more digestible to trade and move. Yeah. Does Matt Ryan get, get a chance to kind of put the pressure on the organization to say, Hey, let me go somewhere at this point in time that, I mean, if you know, let me go somewhere to maybe have a chance to try and compete with a team. that's a little bit more ready to win now, like a Matt Ryan in Washington for a year. Or a Matt Ryan, maybe even in, uh, you know, uh, I know Pittsburgh for a year, somewhere that's maybe a little bit more ready when now, you know, the quarterback market is going to be so fascinating over the summer and in the in the next year because the draft class is so not great. You're not going to have five rookies draft in the first round. You're just not. You may have one or two. And those guys probably won't be ready to start right away. It's a weird quarterback class in that way. So a guy like Matt Ryan's value in the open market could be huge. And does he have a chance to say, give me maybe a ready now, a little bit more of a ready now situation? Maybe and, New like, Orleans, you maybe know, New but, Orleans. but it's within division. Yeah, yeah it's within really division, hard. but like They'd Carolina and New
1: Orleans could could be good fits for him, but I, yeah. They have to give
0: up a ton more. But that's where I met with the Falcons. The Falcons to me, they, yeah, I mean, they they need a, a, a reset and they need, they, listen, they got so many holes and that division just still is so run by Tampa right now. Falcons, Carolina, and Saints are all in a similar position. You have some pieces that are ready to win now, but overall your roster still needs some real overhauling, and uh, they all got to be gearing towards the end of next year when Brady – you know, you think Brady might have another year in him. They all – all through those teams have to be building and gearing towards the end of next year to assert themselves in the the lead of that division.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got to try and set yourself up to win pretty soon because – yeah, the opportunity will come at some point. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Brady will play till he's 50. I'm not sure. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that will be fascinating to see kind of how things shake up. I mean, even maybe some of the teams that are going to move off of their quarterback, maybe Seattle wants to do a, a thing where they give Russell Wilson away and try and bring Matt Ryan into transition. You know? Quarterback it, think,
0: market's going to be interesting yeah, this offseason.
1: Definitely definitely could be a lot Denver, of pieces.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, there's there's be a lot of there are play.
1: options. There are options. Yeah, uh, the Chargers go on the road, Mark. After the Bengals, you know, put oh, a huge, uh, huge can of whoop ass on the Steelers last week. They come back at home against the Chargers, and the Chargers are the ones that almost put you know put a forty burger on them and almost double them up on the scoreboard, forty-one to twenty-two. Herbert dynamite, especially in the first half on this one. Yeah. But really, Mark, it seemed like it was a lot of offensive mishaps in this game. That was the story. It was Jamar Chase dropping a 80-yard touchdown or whatever it would have been. And that turns into an interception. Eckler fumbled twice in this game. Joe Mixon fumbles late. That turns into a defensive touchdown. So, I mean, that's the margin of error is pretty thin. And that defensive touchdown for L.A. was really kind of what put the icing on the cake and kept this one from being out of reach. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow what dislocated his pinky or something like that. He appears to think that he's not going to miss any time. That would be big for the Bengals because obviously they're right in the thick of it. Um, But yeah, a lot of gaudy numbers in this one, but also a lot of mishaps offensively too, which kind of makes you feel like, can we trust the chargers to make a deep run? And can you trust the Bengals to make a deep run? Because they're capable of dominating, but they're also capable of really making some lethal mistakes.
0: They're the six and seven seed, both these teams right now in the AFC playoff picture. And I think if you would have said to Chargers and Bengals fans, I think especially Bengals fans back in August 1st of this year, that through 12 games, you'll be seven and five in the playoffs and both your quarterbacks, you know, your quarterback, your young second year quarterback are both going to have moments where it's like, wow, they've just been impressive this year. Uh, I think both these teams are having no, such similar seasons, and we haven't really spent time comparing them yet. They both have won big blowout games. They both have gotten blown out. They both have had wacky losses and bad losses, but they both have had really good wins. Um, you know, the Chargers beat the the Chiefs early in the season. Hey, that's when the Chiefs were down. The Chargers took advantage of it. Like you get, you you find those opportunities. The Bengals did it to the Ravens, but the Bengals also lost a weird game to the Bears. You look back and you're like, gosh, that, that's one you wish you could have had back. So both very interesting seasons. This game was very much an encapsulation of this season for both these teams, too. Bengals down huge early. They come back. And then it looks like by the end, the back score, you're like it's not even close where the game was close going into the fourth quarter. Um. I'll say this. I think it was a weird miscue game. Both these teams, I think, you know, I had the Chargers as the seventh seed. I had the Bengals, uh, I believe, right around 500, but not in the playoffs. Right now, the Bengals, I think they've already, put, like, are two wins over their win total in Vegas to start the year. I think there's somewhere around, like, five wins, five and a half wins. They've already over – They're both these teams are doing above, what I think, expectations at this point. You know, they're young yeah. quarterbacks. They're really playing well. They're young coaches, seemingly, like, headed in the right direction. And uh, I I hope we get a lot more Burrow versus Herbert battles for years to come. It, it's thing and fun That's to fun watch. I love it. Yeah. When these young quarterbacks from that same class, uh, you know, we thought we were going to have that in the AFC with just Watson and Mahomes and just don't know now with, with Watson and everything. So it's fun to get it with Burrow and, and Herbert.
1: And I will say, too, like, when it comes to – the offensive makeup, you know, there was a lot of criticism. And I was proud, I was in that group too, where I really thought the Bengals needed to prioritize protecting Burrow over getting another weapon. But, yeah. you know, and despite the, you know, the drop in this game, Jamar Chase has, has made a big difference for this team. So, you know, looking back now, you can understand kind of, you know, maybe what their thought process was. Cause this, like both of these teams will scare you going into playoffs. Like you don't want to play either of these offenses cause they could go off. You know, yeah. and so that's
0: well. Uh, they're playing with house money when both if, both if either of them or both of them get in the playoffs, weren't expected to be there playing with house money. I think I said it when the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase. I know I'm, I know I said it. Um, I just don't know exactly when we talked about it, but it was before the season. And I said, you know, one of the things you got to remember if you're an organization like the Bengals sometimes you just have to draft someone who you believe is going to be a star because it's hard to get stars yeah. to want to be there as a free agent but i mean the That's bengals true. you know when they drafted ocho cinco they like you can then keep them if you keep them happy and you give them a quarterback uh aj green you kept him there for so long and him and andy dalton you got to the playoffs for like three or years in a row i know they never ended up doing anything but that's how sometimes organizations like that have to think about the Clevelands, the green bays, the Cincinnati's uh, you know, maybe even the Minnesotas at times of that, they're not free agent destinations, the Jacksonville Jags, you know, they, they have a little bit of the Florida, no state taxing going for them. But you know, when you're not these non-destinations, sometimes you say to yourself, Hey, we can convince an offensive lineman to free agent move his family here. I don't know if we can convince a Jamar chase in five years to come yeah. here when he's a free agent. And uh, it seems we're paid off big.
1: Yeah. You let them build that rapport and then they're not going to want to separate uh, themselves yeah. after, after a few years together, Vikings go on the road. We mentioned it at the beginning here, the lions ah. pulling out a two point victory as uh, time expired. Jared Goff connects with Amon Ross St. Brown, their rookie receiver, uh, for the final touchdown of the game. And uh, a 29-27 win. Lions get their first victory of the season. So that will not be a winless campaign for Detroit, one ten and yeah. one now. What a great that-
0: stat line. What a great <laughs> line. One ten and one.
1: One <laughs> ten and one. It's beautiful. It looks pleasing to the eye. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, you know, no Dalvin Cook for the Vikings in this one. Alexander Madison played perfectly fine. They didn't have Thielen because he got hurt um, in this game. But, you know, and Kirk Cousins played fine. You know, as you mentioned, he played pretty well. 30 of 40, 340 yards, two touchdowns of this one there. But not enough from the Vikings. I mean, they put up six points in the first half and had to have a fourth quarter late rally to try yeah. and get back in this. They take the lead, then they give it back up at the end. Um, you know, obviously you want to say, like, congratulations to Detroit. You know, they, you could tell the excitement on Dan Campbell's face. I thought it was super cool by the way that they paid homage. Uh, oh, his to the, press conference. The if you haven't
0: seen it. Yeah. You w- watch his post game press. This is the first thing I was going to start with. Yeah. His postgame yeah. press conference. The dude gets it. Yep. Did you get, and I mean, obviously the tragedy that occurred in that community um, just outside of Detroit. Um, yeah. I, I I'll say this. Let me, I'll start with this, Dan. I think um the, 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 four, the fourth quarter drive from Jared Goff with what was a minute 50 left. No timeouts. They just gave up a touchdown. I mean, this was classic. The Lions find a way to blow it. Yeah. And he deserves a ton of credit for that drive. I thought it was a very efficient drive. And I thought there was one play in that drive, though, that I'm like, Jared, you're an idiot. And he got bailed out. Do you know which play I'm talking about? where I think he got totally the drive was saved by someone. And Jared made, I think a bad decision. He got totally bailed out.
1: I can't, I can't think of the exact play you're thinking of. Was it, it was and the third almost... and
0: 10 in the, in that final drive, he dumped it off to the running back with the, Last time starts with I and I would I'm gonna butcher it so I'm not gonna Oh yeah him. yeah
1: Ig- Igwab or something like yeah, that and yes, Yeah and he makes
0: the play not only does he get the first down
1: yeah to get out of bounds though the right speed yeah
0: speed to get to the sideline but yeah. he gets eleven yards twelve yards on a third and ten no timeouts and gets out of bounds. I mean that is like that was Talk huge. About... That was your lions yeah. fan, you're screaming at the T V get out of bounds, get the first down. Like I mean and Jared, I thought it was the one bad decision he made on that drive, but it ended up being the biggest play of that drive because you can't throw it in the middle. That was still when, I mean, third and 10, and they were, I don't, I think they were not even at the 50 yet. I mean, they like, and they was already down. Like a uh, yeah, 20. it was like
1: right near midfield. It, it was already I'm down like, like a, a minute, charge.
0: 10, a minute, 12. I mean, it was like, holy hell, Jared. Um, but what a find in the end zone. Hawkinson felt like he was open. The play calling for Minnesota at the end of the game, that was pathetic. I mean, they knew they had the only thing they couldn't do is give a touchdown. Field goal didn't matter. Right. Uh, I don't know why they didn't try to bring pressure. If I were them, I would have just made – Jared Goff doesn't have the arm strength to, like, just try to get after
1: Yeah, force him to beat you with, you know, his pre-snap reads, essentially. Yeah, and
0: they just didn't do it. And, again, I think that goes to Mike Zimmer. I'll focus on the Vikings now. They're a good team. A lot like the Falcons in a way where you're just like, man, they can beat you, but they just, they seem right now like there's no juice in the organization. It seems right now like Mike Zimmer doesn't like his quarterback. It seems like Mike Zimmer, I think Mike Zimmer will go somewhere and have a very good continued coaching career. Kind of like a Ron Rivera. I I think he's a, I I think Mike Zimmer is a very good NFL coach. I think Mike Zimmer has been has a front office who has done him no favors for signing Kirk Cousins to the contracts he has, they have, and and hamstringing the organization in that way. Um, and I get it. Mike Zimmer's type of guy that wants to run the football and be, a, you know, an offense like that. So a guy like Kirk Cousins who doesn't make mistakes, you know, but you're only you're as good as what your front office gives you to work with as well at times. And it just seems like it's run its course. I think he's been there for eight, nine years now. At this point in time, they've had some playoff runs, the Minnesota Miracle, but I, it just seems very much like this. The ju- there's no juice, and they're running out of juice.
1: Yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. You kind of feel the air kind of coming out of this team, really over the past like year or so. I mean, ever since the Minnesota Miracle, it's felt like this team. Yeah. Has kind of just lost its edge and its spark. You know, it was, it's it's a fun team at times because they do. The Justin Jefferson's electric and, uh, you know, Thielen's obviously very good. Cook Cook is healthy. Yeah. And, you know, Kendricks is probably one of the better, you know, off ball linebackers in the league. And you got Harrison Smith. Like they have dudes. It's just this team, you know, more often than not underachieves in key moments. I mean, this is a game you needed. Not only are you in the thick of the race here, yeah, but it's a team that that hasn't won a game, and it's your divisional opponent. It's um, it was just kind of a double whammy. I mean, we may look back and say this is the moment where the Vikings just lost it completely and the wheels fell off. We'll see if that happens. I mean, Dalvin Cook may not be back for a little bit, so um, yeah, that's going to be tough for them to kind of overcome difficult loss. And, uh, you know, good for Detroit. They, they they get that monkey off the bat. There's a go-
0: video going viral. Jared Goff's girlfriend, who's absolutely stunning. Uh, she's on. She was doing a Sports Illustrated, like, swimsuit shoot, like, uh, photo shoot while that game was going on. And someone told her the streak is over, like, the Lions won. And, like, her, she just, like, starts losing it, like, freaking out, like, so wow. excited. I think they're engaged nice. at this point in time. But uh, – yeah, you know, it's one of those where um, it feels good for Detroit. I feel so happy for Detroit. Detroit, yeah. I've always had a special place in my heart for the Lions in Detroit. And um, I, I have no love for the Vikings. So seeing them to be the ones that <laughs> yeah. fall to the Vikings, that uh, it is uh, to, to fall to the Lions is, is pretty great. And I, it's easy for the Vikings ownership to say, we're moving on from Mike Zimmer when you lose to the Lions.
1: Right, right. That's very true. Even if he's not the, uh, the entirety of the problems there in Minnesota. Um, also fitting for Detroit to win in that way because we've been talking about the fight and the ne- you know, the will and the never giving up that they've had yeah. all year. It was fitting for them to have a fourth quarter drive to win it as time expired.
0: Final point of this, yeah. I am very fascinated to see that the Lions the next time they play. Like, what does this win do for them? Yeah, yeah. Like, Because they have that's been in close games. And that's another thing we talk about, like point differential. I mean, I'm gonna me try and pull back up here really quickly. I may the, still, um, have. Yeah, lions, I still have the lions. The lions, for being is what they are, are not nearly as bad as what you'd think, especially compared to like the Jets. Well, okay, uh, so or they the, or the Texans. They have the a Jaguars. negative
1: 113 differential. So I guess yeah, it's, it's that's not better ideas.
0: than that's better than Atlanta, who's yeah. five and seven. That's better than um, the Jaguars. The the Texans. And the uh, and the Jets who yeah, all have yeah. more wins than the Lions like they it's just one of those things where we've said they're seen not the weeks. worst team in they're the league, Not the worst team in the league. Yeah. So now them are finally getting a win. What will this do for them? Who knows? I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Giants
1: go on the road at Miami and oh,
0: love this game.
1: A team that started one and seven is now six and seven in the yeah. Miami Dolphins, which is incredible. They had a seven-game losing streak. They, they lost now, to the Jags
0: in in London.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's been a pretty crazy turnaround, a quick turnaround for this team. Scott Hansen of the Red Zone said that only four teams in NFL history have started one and seven and made it to six and seven. So, I mean, it's, it, it tells you the, the, the rare company that they've been able to, to enter into and, and Brian Flores completely redeeming himself after just a brutal, brutal start. Yeah, The defense is playing great. Um, and you know, things are starting to click like Tua actually manages this offense pretty well. And in this game, he threw 41 times able to get an 11 point victory. I know it's the giants, but we're talking about giants defense, especially defensive front. That's decent. Um, so that was impressive from Miami, and then for New York, I mean, honestly, I, they had Mike Glennon, so it is what it is. But Sa- Saquon is not the Saquon when he got drafted. You know, no. something. This is uh, an ACL. This is concerning.
0: Has done something to him. Um, I have been the har- no no one's been harder than Tua on me as far as you know. Uh, uh, th- this show goes making predictions about it. So underwhelmed with his rookie year. He deserves a ton of credit. He's certainly winning me back in of saying he is earn er, right now. Tua is earning and deserving of like the shot to be the Dolphins starter going into next year and, and again giving it another go and, and running with it. If you're the Dolphins right now, this is if you're Deshaun Watson, you're you, you're not happy about this because I think he does yeah. want to end up in Miami. Um, and this is just giving you know, this is just giving it easier for the Dolphins to say, you know, we don't want to give up three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson at this point in time. If two is able to do this, I will say the – the um, I agree with you everything on the Giants. I've been off the Giants for a while. You know this. I, Joe Judge, is he's come back into what I thought he would be going into last season. Remember, I was very low on Joe Judge, but he kind of surprised me. Now it's all coming back into form of what I thought Joe Judge would be. That feels good for me. Um, I will say this, though. The Giants are, I mean, they're a bad organization. They're just bad. I mean, you, you, the Bears are bad, but they've been to the playoffs two times at last, you know, the last four years in the Matt Nagy era and have had a ton of turmoil and, and frustrations. A bad, bad draft pick at quarterback and bad coach to mesh with your draft pick. The Giants, it doesn't seem like Daniel Jones is the guy, doesn't seem like Saquon Barkley is the guy. Doesn't seem like their head coach is the guy. They've been one of the most losing franchises in the league over the past five years. Uh, they're, they're yeah, in- that's
1: five straight eight-loss seasons. For, oh, for, I- for the New York football giants, that's yeah. crazy. They're becoming
0: you- the Jets. I mean, they really are. Football's yeah. bad in New York right now. Final thing I'll say is the Dolphins are a great example of uh, the NFL should use into combating people like me who said, don't add a seventh playoff team and don't add a 17th and 18th game. I was always against expansion of the playoffs and expansion of the season. I still, for the most part, am. I still think the sense of urgency and the less is more thing is really real. You see, you see what happens with baseball, NBA, hockey. I don't give a crap about the NBA going on right now, even though my Bulls are amazing. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, well, it's not even Christmas yet. Who cares? It doesn't matter. So I'm I'm always pro less less is more. And same with college football. I love the four teams in the playoff right now. How much intrigue is that? Now it's going to go to 12. I mean what you know, it is what it is. But the 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 Dolphins are what they should use an example saying, "Hey, football you can change during a season. The Chiefs and the Dolphins have changed during the season. They have gotten healthy into, at key spots. They have figured things out with the people Offensively, and their quarterbacks and things like that, they are completely different teams than they were six weeks ago. The Chiefs were three and four, Dolphins were one and seven, and now they're both teams. And you're like, crap, I don't want to play either of those teams. are completely different teams. I had Brian Flores fired six weeks ago, and he right, deservedly actually- so. But it just goes to show you if you do have the right pieces and good coaching, which Brian Forrest has proven me wrong, you know, from six weeks ago. And Andy Reid certainly knows a good coach. You can change in a season, especially now the season feels that much longer. And adding that seventh playoff team gives team that hope to stay alive that little bit longer. As we joke, that everyone's alive in the AFC basically, except for the Texans and the Jags and the Jets. It's um, it, it's it's a pro towards the eighteen games and seventh team in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and Miami is positioning themselves right now with with how you know weak a lot of the AFC has been. I mean, they're in the hunt now. So, a 1 in 17 that is now in the playoff hunt is it's it's crazy.
0: And they're on a bye this week, which they're having their bye week 14, which is crazy. Yep. So, it's almost they don't want the bye, honestly, cuz they're so hot right you now. You want
1: to keep rolling, but also but- another week to get healthy. I mean, we haven't seen Will Fuller and stuff, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, Devonte Parker's had injuries. I mean, they, they haven't even really had their I full know. grouping of weapons. This for the, pretty much the entire year
0: post by their home against the Jets. Then yeah. they're at new Orleans. Who's been a mess at Tennessee. That's a, that, that'll be a good It's a game. winnable
1: game. And Absolutely. then they
0: host New England in the final week which they could be resting players at that point in time. There's I mean Miami they don't necessarily have to run the table. I think going 3 and 1 and getting to 9 and 8 could it could get them in but it's realistic they could go 4 and 0 oh post the bye, They could. Yeah. And they could be sitting there at 10 and 7 and have done enough to maybe get into that 7 seed. I mean they were a 10 win team that didn't make the playoffs last year. They could be a 10 win team that doesn't make the playoffs again this year. But what wildly <laughs> yeah. different seasons for them.
1: Seriously, yeah. I mean, it, we are seeing, um, you know, they are – they've typically been like a second-half team under Flores. They're also kind of a second-half of the season team as well. Yeah. Like, they're a team that that requires momentum, and, and they're yeah. able to to build on it well, and, and they, uh, they move off of that pretty quickly. So that's – I mean, that, that's something that they're definitely good at. Uh, the Eagles get a 33-18 win uh, on the road in Gardner Minshew's return to the starting lineup. Dallas Goddard goes off. I put him in the flex. Uh, I never start two tight real. ends, uh, but I was I had a good feeling. And it uh, it worked out. He had two touchdowns in the first half. I, I think Minshew had something like like five pass attempts in the entire second half. Like they they were they had built such a you know a strong foundation, 24 to 12 lead at the break that they kind of coasted. And this is what the Eagles need to do. I mean, they need to be, they need to run the football more. I mean, this is what a lot of the fans have been clamoring for, for quite some time. I mean, I know Miles Sanders was hurt for a a period, but they weren't even running him when they, they had him earlier. You know, now you got the Boston Scott in the mix and Sanders Gainwell had a nice, you know, touchdown run the rookie. Th- that's that's what really what this team i think needs to be moving forward once they get jalen hurts back they're going to have a bye next week um but it, I'm, I'm curious to see just kind of what your thoughts are on the eagles because yeah it was it was the jets um but they could have put it could have been a stinker you know and in philly puts themselves back to six and seven in a division that's relatively a toss-up outside of dallas
0: can I just say this? Your fantasy just reminded me that I, I I wanted to mention this. I had a one two three four five six uh, six leg parlay that I created for the noon slate yesterday. Every single thing hit except for one. So didn't I didn't turn my ten dollars into almost like was $200. it a prop
1: a prop bet or was it a Just No, spread? it was, just, oh, it was
0: yeah. Eagles over the Jets money line. Colts over the Texans money line, Dolphins over the Giants money line, Lions plus seven point five. I had that. I had Bears Cardinals over forty two. That even hit in the bad weather. (laughs) Yeah. And then I had Bengals over the Chargers money line. Ah. So if the Bengals had won, I wouldn't. It would have hit really big. I I always I like to do a noon. Uh, because there's so many games in the noon, slate central yeah, time. Man. I love to do a noon, like a random parlay like that. A couple of overs, a couple maybe unders, a couple money line wins. And uh, that really killed me. But yeah, the Eagles, I had a feeling Minshew mania coming on back. It felt good. Um, you know, he is, if Taylor Heineke has a place in the league as a spot starter, um, sl- Heineke Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater are the three best backup quarterbacks in the NFL I think it's I I don't even think it's even close to debatable to where you do not want them for 16 games you just don't but you want them on your team if you have a guy that you know is going to maybe miss some time two one two three games they can get you two and one through a three game stretch um, Jalen Hurts, I would argue, is probably the fourth guy in that group, you know, at this point in time in his career. I think Jalen still has a chance to maybe be a guy that you could start 16 games with, especially if you're paying him at a very reasonable rate. Um, but the way Jalen Hurt plays, because he's such a running threat, you need a guy, you need a good backup quarterback. And uh it's great to see a Gardner Mensch get a chance to play for the Jets. I mean, this is predictable. Their defense is terrible. Uh, Zach Wilson is addicted to throwing interceptions. And if you're a Jets fan, though, at this point in time, it's a lot like Bears fans. Um, The season is now all about the development of your young quarterback and just watching your young quarterback. So uh, there's not much to say there. And for the Eagles, they're a team that they're offensive line. And when they way run the ball, they have weapons. They could be a Matt Ryan. They could be a Russell oh. Wilson. They should be in the Deshaun Watson. I mean, that division is is not as competitive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a no, winnable you're... division. That they have is. a good offensive line. They developed and drafted a good offensive line. They have a – Nick Sirianni has is, is blown me away. I was very low on Nick Sirianni. Now, he could be next year's Joe Judge, and he could all report back and forth, and I'll take credit yeah. for it then at that point in time. He's proven me wrong to this point. Uh, it'd just be interesting. The Eagles are, are an interesting team. Uh, they don't have a true identity. I think their identity should be a, a run football team with a lot of play action and mm-hmm. an accurate quarterback that could take advantage of some of the mismatches their weapons can uh, can get. And I, you saw that yesterday. I mean, Minshew, he's a better throw of the football than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a way better playmaker than Gardner Minshew. If you could combine them and give him like an inch at height, Then you'd be like, all right, I like I like this quarterback a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts with a a handlebar mustache would be interesting. I think (laughs) we should try and get him to to do that. But yeah, yeah. no, no, I agree. I mean, Philly Philly is definitely an interesting case study. (laughs) So next year, I think is when I'm most uh, looking forward to seeing if they can actually take the uh, elevated step, or if they're gonna peter off like too quickly and then kind of just revert back to their old selves. Uh, Colts shut out the Texans on the road, thirty-one to nothing. Uh, I guess not, you know, super surprising years. Another Jonathan Taylor heavy game. Uh, Carson Wentz efficient when they need him. I mean, this is, the, this Colts team can beat anyone in the league based on how they play. They can pound the rock and run the football with the best of them. They have big playmakers on the outside, especially Michael Pittman. And, and a Carson Wentz, who's who's getting away from what Carson Wentz, you know, felt like he had to play hero ball all the time early in his yeah. career. Now he's in, he's in a much more stable spot to where he can rely on his running game and doesn't have to take the huge risks that he used to take, even that he was taking maybe earlier on the season. He seems to have finally settled in to what his role is. And their defense is uh, is really stout. So, I mean, this – I don't know about you. This, this team, to me, Mark, is the team that is that is ascending, in my view, probably more than any team – has taken leaps in my, you know, like Tampa, yeah. Tampa hasn't, Tampa's been Tampa, you know, the chiefs have been the chiefs for the past five weeks. Like, but the Colts are cons are, are consistently seeming to get better like
0: e- each week. Well, what's crazy um, about the Colts is in an AFC that is going to involve Buffalo, New England, Kansas city, some real bad weather, January, February locations, the Colts are the dome team that they have the offense built to run the football down your throat yeah. and play really well in that, in that environment. Um, listen, Carson Wentz has to be thrilled about the fact that Jonathan Taylor has become Derek Henry, you know, this season. And it, Absolutely. you know, <laughs>
1: he I mean,
0: sense. he has real, ir- ir- you know, they're very different running backs, but what I mean is just like the, the threat running the football in the league. This is what, you know, Carson Wentz's career he's not going to be a guy you could just have as a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? And Kirk Cousins is one of those guys too. Um, It's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird and biased to say that, but you just, you, there's something about like Jay Cutler. He couldn't just be a backup quarterback. Like when your career as a starter's over, your career's over. I mean, Carson's one of those guys. And this is a great situation for him. The Colts, um, I think they would love for Carson to be able to just win them games all the time. I just think that he's still, whatever he's dealing with or whatever he's trying to still work through or they're working through with him, uh, for them to just go into a a game against the Texans and say, we don't need you today, big guy. Just hand the ball off and let's get a, a dominant win. That's great. It's amazing. You're absolutely right. A lot like the Dolphins, the Colts, it took some time. They figured it out and now they have an identity and uh, they are a team that um, if you're a new England, if you're a Buffalo, you're Kansas city, you're you do not want to see Jonathan Taylor coming at you with a full head of steam and Quentin Nelson blocking for him in January. I mean, it's going to be, it's not going to be fun for someone to have to to get rid of the Colts. They're going to, someone's going to host the Colts, possibly week one and that's not going to be fun.
1: Look, I mean, two games separate them in Tennessee. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Like the division is still within grasp. They obviously need some help. They need Tennessee to go 500 the rest of the way. Um, and, and they need to win, you know, several games here. But they, they, they are in a good spot right now, Indy is. And, and, and now and, and let so. it be
0: known, at 7-6, they are out of the playoffs. So the nine seed right now behind Pittsburgh because of that tie. The tie yeah. And then obviously Cincy and uh, L.A., as the two wildcard teams, but the cold schedule, it's not easy either. They host new England on Saturday, the 18th. So they have a bye week then that would be right. Cause yeah, this is this weekend. So yeah, they don't play, they have a bye week like Miami. So they have time to prepare for new England, but that's not fun. They host new England. They're in Arizona and then they host the Raiders before ending the season with the Jaguars. So they got a lot of work to do. But they have an identity right now. They've turned it around, and uh, they're, they're putting themselves in a position.
1: I'll tell you what, if if a tie to the Lions ends up being what puts the Steelers into playoffs, I'm going to be a very confused individual. I... Like, how do I feel about that tie now? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we'll, we'll get to the, that game between uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the afternoon slate. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a typical Steelers-Ravens matchup. Very close game all throughout. Steelers play Lamar Jackson better than anyone in the league. They just, they, do. They, they have a very good way of containing him, not letting him beat you with his legs and also just getting them all out of sorts. They, they can confuse him uh, better than a lot of other teams. That was obviously the case in this one. They sacked Lamar seven times. That was a career high for Jackson. Uh, meanwhile, TJ Watt now has 16 sacks this season. Uh, just crazy production from him. And that's having missed a game. Uh, So the Steelers get a one-point victory, 29-19. to You know, obviously this was a fourth-quarter situation. Big Ben gets uh, his fifth, fourth-quarter comeback this season uh, and 11th against Baltimore. 17 fourth-quarter points from Pittsburgh. Ends up kind of being what what, uh, gets them over the top here. Uh, But obviously Baltimore at the very end of the game, gets the touchdown because they had a minute and a half left and Boswell kicked it out of bounds. So the Baltimore Ravens got the ball at the 40 with a minute and a half to go. They get a touchdown, go for two. And uh, it's just out of the reach of Mark Andrews, a good play call. Yeah. It was just, just that bit out of the reach. And so the Steelers hang on for the one point victory in what is likely Ben's final home game against Baltimore because of that report coming out earlier this week which was not a coincidence. He did say so. his, last,
0: his last season playing quarterback for the Steelers.
1: Well, that's, that's what the, the report said. There's no yeah. – I, I guarantee you –
0: Ben would be stupid to not – not, not,
1: He is not going yeah. to play for another team. He's said it his whole career. He would never play anywhere else outside of Pittsburgh. It would be so out of character.
0: And let's be honest, who wants – who's yeah. going to want Ben next year? No, and it would you be know? stupid of him to it. You know, I, I'll give the four to you. I want, I want a lot of your thoughts on this game. I'll say this. The Ravens are really confusing to me right now. and they they and I, I think part of it is because what what I it has to be is that their own division plays them really well. That division is, a, I think the AFC North may be the most unique division in all of football in that way. And you know, it, it is very much a physical division. And I know you say all the cliches that like throw the records out when these two teams get together. It does seem that way for all the teams that division. I mean, even the, the Browns played him really well, you know, two weeks ago, and then the Browns get him again and the Bengals blew them out, but then they blew the Bengals out. Um, he, and part of that has to be is the division. They are more accustomed to the speed of Lamar Jackson probably than anyone else. It has to be something like that. It just has to be. And that when Lamar comes to town, and you haven't played him in a year, or you've never played him, it's shocking. And yeah, that it just throws jolt. you off. Yeah. So I will say this. It's not surprising to me that the Ra- I predicted the Ravens to win that division. It's not surprising the Ravens are where they are. But the Ravens don't feel like a Super Bowl team. They don't even feel like a team that could win multiple playoff games at this point in time. But it does, it doesn't shock me the Ravens are ahead of this division because they have the best quarterback in the division playing the best football. Uh, and so it just kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? You could pick a lot of division winners based on, well, who's the best quarterback in that division and the Ravens have the best quarterback in that division. So yeah, I'm not shocked. They're at eight and four and they're, you know, you know, they have a chance to, you know, have a home field playoff game in week one uh, of the playoffs, but do they scare me? Do I think that you got to look out for the Ravens at this point in time? No, they got time to turn that around and get right, get healthy, but they just don't scare me.
1: Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is I think you know Baltimore can win, uh, and and beat any team in this league. And you know I predicted them to be the one seed in the AFC. Uh, I don't. Are are they actually still the one seed right now? No, they were coming in, but
0: I no new New England, New England. Yeah, yeah. They're all at eight and four as of right now. They are. Yeah, Uh, the New England is.
1: So, um, you know, we'll see kind of how that shakes out. I mean, Baltimore is still super talented problem for them though. Now is, you know, before the season, they lose Marcus Peters, right. And they lost all their running backs in this game. Now it appears uh, Ian Rappaport reported today that Marlon Humphrey is likely done for the year. So one of the best corners in all of football is now off their roster after already losing Marcus Peters. now, Now they're in a situation where they're, they're pretty depleted and Getting depleted in your secondary is really concerning when you're getting into the playoffs against yeah a, top heavy AFC teams that have tons of outside weapons. Well, at in Tennessee Kansas City gonna have Chargers, yeah. yeah. Tennessee. I mean,
0: all these teams have great receivers. Buffalo with digs,
1: yeah. So that's Did, gonna be troubling for sure. Yeah,
0: going into Monday Night Football again. We're recording this at like where we're it's almost two o'clock central time here on Monday. New England is the one seed, wins the tiebreak over KC, Baltimore, and Tennessee based on best win percentage in conference games. The New England Patriots are six and one against the AFC. The AFC. So they have three losses in the NFC, whereas Baltimore's five and four versus the AFC. So all their losses come against AFC teams. So if you don't think that matters, it does. If you're going to lose games, lose them when you're playing the other conference. I mean, that's why KC. That's why has no chance of the one seed unless they just have a the, the unless they win out and but and new England gets a lot, you know, that, that four losses is the least amount. They, yeah. They're really, I mean, you know, they're three and four in conference. They're pathetic in conference. So new England, and I'm sure that's something Belichick preaches who cares about NFC games. You know, if you're going to lose them, you don't want to lose in, in division. Right. In right. No,
1: it's that it, those are, they are important games. I mean, it's divisional opponents. And conference opponents right after that. I mean, you can't downplay the significance of some of those games. And the Ravens have a lot of those coming up uh, interspersed with the, some of the best teams in the NFC. They have the, they go on the road at the Browns next. Then they play the Packers. Then they go to Cincinnati and then the Rams and then end the season with the Steelers. Like they don't have an easy game moving forward. So the, the, no. the Ravens are in like, I'm not saying panic mode, of course, they're eight and four and leading the division, but they need to like, they need to get a couple convincing wins here. Otherwise well, they that can viral pretty quickly. Even
0: more important. And then that Huge. final game against Huge. the Steelers. I mean, who yeah. cares if you're looking, if you're a Ravens fan, the, the the Rams and the Packers game don't matter at all. I mean, they, they,
1: they do, but they, well, they might in terms of the, in the the division, but you have an opportunity to your point to get the wins against the Bengals, the Browns and the Steelers to make it so that it doesn't matter as much that, you know, So wait, of Browns, losses.
0: Bengals, Steelers, Packers. That's their four games yeah. left.
1: Uh Browns pack. They have, uh they have five. five games left. It's Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers.
0: Yeah. So the Rams and the Packers, they, those games don't matter. You get, you get yeah. to 11 wins. Win those three games against the Browns, Bengals and the Steelers and the Ravens will be, Hosting a playoff game at, at 11 wins at 11 and six, you know, or- but their
1: problem is they probably will lose one of those three divisional games. Yeah. Cause you they know? struggle, they, so,
0: they struggle in division. Yeah.
1: And two of those are on the road. So they're going to need to w- get a win over the Packers or Rams. Probably one of they're going to have to win one of those games. Most likely if to win the division, uh, unless, you know, and unless it comes down to the Steelers game at the very end of the season and then they beat the Steelers. If you're a Ravens fan right
0: now, though, the magic number for you has got to be 11 because if you're the Bengals, the Bengals have to win four of five to get to 11. That's not great. The Steelers would have to win five five of five to get to 11, and the Browns, where are they at? They'd have to win five of five as well to get to 11. So your magic number is that 11, three of five. Can you go three and two over the next five games? And they can. They can, can because they have Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. And so, but it is, it was a bad, just one of those bad, bad losses. Yeah. No, if it was the Steelers, that tie and, a, and this win, they keep you alive. I mean, the Steelers kept, you know, and and now is there, no one gets teams, their own team up for games like Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and man. now I think it was strategic of the Steelers. And I, I think if the organization knew this was going to be big Ben's last year, and if the players maybe 100% didn't know, I think it's strategic in that way for them too to say, "Hey, let's get this momentum going here now. Can we try to get some emotional wins here for Big Ben? Win one for Big Ben. Not that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but make it make a little bit more of that run, uh, you know." So I, I think it could have been strategic as well. Yeah,
1: I I don't think there's any coincidence that that report came out when it did, uh, yeah. and it's you know it, most times any leak like that. Is uh, int- very intentional. So um, Washington goes on the road. You know we would have chosen the Want Ravens going for two at the end as the bold strategy, but this game has one. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, that that would be the Denver game in a little bit. But yeah, you know, Washington uh, wins on the road at the Raiders. Uh, they get a kicker, uh, Brian Johnson, off the street, and he gets them the game winning uh, field goal. Go figure. Uh, 17 to 15. Raiders spiraling out of control. Meanwhile, Washington is uh, salvaging its season.
0: Listen, if you're the Washington football team and you didn't play ACDC when he walked on to like make that kick, oh, shame on you. You missed an opportunity there. Um, I will say this. I mean, talk about a team a lot like the Dolphins that we've compared. We compared the Dolphins and the football team to each other five weeks ago when they're both in the toilet saying, yeah, these were teams we both expected for their defense to carry them. To play turnover-free offense and you know be competitive in their divisions, yeah. they weren't. And, and, that. and to coach
1: out, uh, coach yes. other teams, they yeah.
0: weren't that. And now we, are, we have five weeks later, they are exactly that. I mean, the football yeah. team's on a four-game win streak, and you can't. There, there's some luck involved, but I mean, they beat the they beat Tampa Bay fair and square with that incredible drive. And Taylor Heineke is young Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he is makes magic. Does enough. You don't want him for 16 games. You love him if your quarterback is prone to go down for injury. You love him for that. Or you love him if you're an organization that needs spot starters because you're in a transition with a young quarterback or something like that. He's building himself that career. shoe is as well. Uh, They are those next two guys for the next decade who can fill the Ryan Fitzpatrick role uh, along with Teddy Bridgewater. If he wants to keep doing, just making money, just doing that traveling circus around the league. Um, I'll say this. They're chase young. I mean, it's weird. They've gotten so much better since he's been injured. I don't know. Yeah, more. It is
1: weird. Yeah. And and if you're chase young, well, maybe it's, I, it's the rallying, you know, sometimes an injury yeah, just kind of makes people some, have to step up. I don't know. I've
0: read some stuff about chase young and you know, you see some of those kind of baldy breakdown type videos about he's a guy that kind of likes to do his own thing and make his own play. And if you're a coaching set that has struggled with a young talented of so far in that way, Here's another great example of St. Jace. if you just play what we're asking you to play and buy into the system when you're healthy next year, like, mm-hmm. you know, because this, you can't deny it. I mean, his agent's got to be getting his ear as well. Like, you want to get a big, big payday in a couple years because you're a real talented freak? Like, this is the type of shit the teams are going to use against you in wanting to pay you. Like, why did the defense get better when you left? Uh, so, interesting. And it's just a, one of those kind of weird, interesting sets about enough. Listen, I predict the football team to win that division based on playing football like this. Do they catch Dallas? Probably not, but they are the sixth seed in the NFC right now. Yeah. And, and they I mean are, two games back. You know, that's not they crazy. Are firmly, firmly in this. What does their schedule look like going ahead? Does, you on, do you have it on you have it on hand? I I, I can I can pull
1: it up very here. quickly but, here. Um, um, so they have they have a home game against the Cowboys next week. So that'll be big they should have
0: put that as sunday night football and not oh, me
1: they are they are all nfc east the rest of the way here it's cowboys eagles cowboys eagles giants <laughs> cowboys eagles cowboys eagles giants
0: god the nfl is awesome i mean That's this awful. is crazy i mean this is i mean obviously the cowboys, giants game at the eagles, end of the giants, season giants cowboys giants so two against the boys
1: cowboys and eagles and then Cowboys and Eagles. So it's the same. The, the, the next two weeks are so then the, the two weeks following. They haven't
0: played the Eagles or the Cowboys yet. So they have, Correct.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then they, Listen, they end the, the season Eagles, at New The Eagles New
0: York. are playing really well. Those are going to be fascinating games. Yeah. But they, you know what? Kudos to the football team. They're going into a stretch now where I'm sure the coaching staff knew this was their stretch down the, you know, mm-hmm. they have put themselves in a position. You're 500, you have five big games in front of you, you can win this division. You can you win this yes. division, so it's all in front of them, and, uh, and it is because Taylor Heineke. You know, in a lot of ways, we've been critical of Detroit because they haven't found ways to win games they were in. The, the 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 football team has been in four games, and they found ways to win four close games, whether it was a ten play, eighteen minute drive against the Bucks, or whether it was Heineke magic late. You know, in in this game against uh, you know, uh, the Raiders. So good for the good for the football team and if you're the Raiders again they remind me a little bit of New Orleans where they just I've seen that you know whatever emotional momentum they kind of had things are just kind of falling apart for the Raiders and uh they're just in a tough division as well I mean them them the Broncos the Chargers are all I think good teams like I would not put any of them as bad teams they're not great teams they're all good teams right now they're just coaching luck And, 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 you know, obviously, you know, luck in just general with what happened with rugs and other, some of the other players, it's just been a bad, emotionally bad season for the Raiders. And it's fallen apart a little bit here.
1: I think they're kind of regressing to the mean of, of what we, you know, that we, you never want to get too high with the Raiders, especially. And when they were at their best, everyone was like, oh man, this is the team now in in the, uh, in the West now they're now we're starting to kind of see the probably Raiders, where they what they really are is a 500 football team
0: the Raiders should be calling the Giants the Eagles who else they both have two I think the Eagles have three first round picks the Raiders have the Giants have two first round picks because I know they have the Bears like if you're the Giants if you're the Eagles do you not willingly give up at least one of those first round picks for Derek Carr and if you're the Raiders can you say listen what happened with John Gruden Now it's happening with Henry Ruggs. Like, we need to reset our franchise. We need to find a new coach, a new quarter, like, just reset. Like, Derek Carr. I I
1: think you want Derek Carr to be the guy, because he seems to be the guy that's been. But is he? I think he's in a contract year.
0: But I think he's in a contract year or or is about to be. Like, do you want to pay Derek Carr huge money? I don't know. I just. Derek Carr is an interesting name, and the Raiders are interesting in that way. You, you can't play if you're the Raiders fan, you can't blame them for wanting to reset. They thought they have John Gruden for 10 years and, and the, you know, the franchise flipped upside down. I'm just saying that's the type of interesting off season storyline stuff. We'll talk a lot about that. I think if you're, if you're one of those teams that has multiple first round picks and you've just the giants and the Eagles and, and, you know, uh, the football team, like, I mean, they all feel like they could be win now compete and, and if mm-hmm. you're Derek Carr, yeah. you said to yourself, all I got to do is beat Dak. Like, Dak's the bar in that division. Right. And his contract's ungodly. Like, I'll take $25 million to go be the football team's quarterback. I'll take $25 million to go be the Eagles quarterback and just compete against Dak. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, a yeah. – it's absolutely out. a
1: possibility. Um, yeah, i looked it up. He's uh contract year will be next year. So he's, he's locked so up for gonna, one more year. So
0: I, I'm just saying those yeah. teams have a lot of first round picks and, and Derek Carr is, is at this point in time, seems like a, you know, attractive, attractive option yeah. as no, well as a rookie quarterback. Item. If you have all these first round picks,
1: let's uh, move on to the uh, Jags at the Rams probably not too much to speak of here. They didn't have Daryl Henderson, but Sony Michelle, uh, because I
0: easily. had Sony Michelle on my bench and Daryl Henderson starting. Didn't, oh, beauty yeah. and the beast, beauty and the beast. Uh, the final week of Beauty and the beast caught me <laughs> off guard with that one. Wasn't hey. I pay enough attention to the fantasy
1: musical schedules are crazy. Uh, so yeah, I, I could totally understand that
0: really could um, use that 20 points, uh, on, uh, yeah, uh so know.
1: Michelle, yeah, he had a big game in this one. Uh, you know, Stafford, had a good game. Cooper cup was explosive yet again. He's probably the best receiver in the league right now. Just the way he's playing. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty incredible, uh, 37 to seven win over the Jaguars. Nothing super surprising there. Uh, I just think Mark, in terms of the Jags and, and in particular, Trevor Lawrence, it's just this year. And, and this is what we said coming in. I mean, this has been just a complete tryout year. It's, yeah. it's just getting your feet wet. Like there, nothing is going to happen with Jacksonville. Um, And they may, they're they're probably going to have to end up moving off of urban Meyer uh, going into next year. We'll see what they do with that. Uh, But really this was a good win for the Rams though, to get, to put up 37, you know, to get back into the, you know, dominating on offense, right. The ship, get more physical too. Cause that's, they've had a lot of uh, you know uh, you know, stories written about them in recent weeks about how other teams are manhandling them when it comes down to the trench play this was them asserting their their force a little bit and saying, well, we can run the football and uh, and, and we can get back to, uh, you know, being that really good hybrid team. So that, that was my takeaway from this one. I don't think it was anything super surprising.
0: No, I don't want to, you know, again, not too much time on it. I did love the I love the offensive game plan from the Rams and they use the the Jags is just a, a punch bag for first, you know, uh, for that game, and that's what you should use the Jags for and just beat up on them. I mean, uh, especially when the Jags come to your place. It's not even you have to worry about the weather and going to Jacksonville. Just come on to L.A. Let's beat the crap out of you for, you know, for four quarters and and move on. I will say the Rams, you just have to look ahead. I mean, they they have their they have their season in front of them as well. They're in Arizona next week, Monday night football. Then they host the Seattle Seahawks. And then they're in Minnesota. Uh, then they, you know, we talked about that Ravens game where they're in, they're, they head to Baltimore and then they host the Niners to end the season. I mean, three divisional games left. If you're the Rams, you feel like if you want to, w- if you want to get your division and you want to win your division, you know, you've got to, you've you've you've, you've got to go maybe one loss left. You got to hope maybe the Cardinals lose three down the stretch and you can only lose one that's really tough, especially when you look at the Cardinals schedule, which is uh, after the Rams game, they have the Lions, they host the Colts, they're at the Cowboys, host Seattle. I don't really see – maybe the Rams is a loss, Cowboys, Cole – I mean, like, you're really convincing yourself of losses at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, but if you're the Rams, you, you just want to build some momentum still going to the playoffs and you have your identity back intact – uh, and they don't have an easy schedule down the stretch to do it.
1: No, and they're just coming off of a three-game losing streak. So, you know, now n- now, not only the time to stack wins, but to stack wins against divisional opponents is huge. I mean, really, in my mind, next week is make or break for L.A. in terms of the yeah. division. You know, if, if they lose next week, then now now you're fighting Division's a lot over. Hard. Yeah, You know, Division's it's over. completely over at that point. Um, and so, in their mind, this should be a must win going into this one. And it's a road game, uh, you know, and the Cardinals are getting healthy. This is your chance to actually, you know, show that you're the team to beat in this division. Uh, the Cardinals have been playing phenomenal. And then, so going off of that, there's another divisional game uh, in the, in the West, the 49ers at the Seahawks, the Seattle, you got to give them credit for, I mean, they've had just such a brutal year and they almost gave this one away, but they hang on to win it 30 to 23 and holding the 49ers to zero points in the entire second half. Yeah. Impressive game. Obviously, you know, George Kittle had a massive game in this one. Garoppolo has been playing well. It's, it's, there's a reason we've seen almost nothing of Trey Lance. That's because yeah. Garoppolo's been paying, playing well. Like you, you can't, you don't really put this game on Garoppolo. Um, but the 49ers defense is not what we expected this defense to be coming into the year. Now, Garoppolo did throw two picks in this game. And, and they, they were untimely for sure. Uh, but it was a mix of, okay, we knew Seattle was, is still good. Like they, their offense had to have a game soon. This just happened to be that game for them. And it was an important one, especially in terms of for San Fran, who now drops to six and six, you know, they were looking really good for a few weeks.
0: Seven seed. Yeah.
1: You know, and now, now they're, you know, bright on the fringe.
0: I will say this. I mean, what would fascinate me about this game is Seattle's down 17, seven you know, early in the second quarter and your season is sli- is slipped away from you already. And for them to find whatever fight and for Russell to, you know, to be as efficient as he was, I think 30 of 37 throwing the football. Um, I heard on part of my take earlier this morning and I laughed, I, mean, I laughed out loud. They were talking about like, you know, it's been officially now eight weeks since Russell hurt his finger. And here we are now eight weeks later, and Russell's finally playing good football. It's like, well, duh, here's yeah. the sign. Like the doctor, you know, you rushed him some time, you know, and not saying, not saying that Geno Smith would have been, you know, better. And they would have won, you know, more, more games, but you know, sometimes it's, it's like, trust the doctors. You know what I mean? I just was laughing at that. And I think it may be a, a simplification of what it is that you just play well. And again, these divisional games—it's so smart in the NFL to schedule a lot of late divisional games and early divisional games, because teams can find out what they are early against their division, and then late let them let them fight it out—who who can win their division—they um, matter more, it, and the teams know each other in division more. Um, it's just uh, it's just what it is, and uh, great win for Seattle to kind of—you know—they have to win out, and they, even then, if they win out, they're nine and eight. They're probably not a playoff team, mm. but. You know, if you're Russell Wilson, you want to be playing well. So your trade value is strong. If you are you, or at least showing them that the organization that you want to build around me and move on from Pete Carroll. It's a weird situation in Seattle. I don't know exactly what they do. But if you're in the Niners, this is a killer loss for the Niners. I mean, just a killer loss because uh we're talking about, uh, you know, um their schedule has some wins left. I mean, they still play the Texans. Um, you know, they, they have the Falcons coming into San Fran in a couple of weeks. So there's some wins left, but again, as soon as you, what we've been talking about all season? As soon as you get that sixth loss, then your, your alarms go off. Cause really you can only max lose one more game at that point. Yeah. You got to yeah, yeah, get to yeah, 10 yeah. wins. Got to get to 10 to really have a chance or to feel good about your chances. And and that means seven losses. 10 wins is now seven losses. So yeah, as soon yeah. as you hit that six loss, that's when your alarms start really firing off about the kind of panic of what the Niners' season looks like the rest of the way.
1: And for how they're built, you know, very much, uh, you know, offensive line oriented and the yeah. Seahawks, how they've been absolutely, uh, you know, I gashed uh, this season as on defense, they came up with the goal line stand at the end of the game to, to yeah. preserve the victory. That, it was just uh it was almost Weird. like poetic the way that it that it uh, unfolded uh finally mark to wrap things up the Sunday night game Chiefs edged the Broncos 22 to 9 a bit of a strange game you know obviously the Chiefs offense still seemed really underwhelming in this one somehow Daniel Sorensen gets a pick six it was just one of those deals yeah um you know the when Broncos ran the ball it,
0: well. in this end zone What's that? He James hardened it. Yeah, he weekend.
1: did. Exactly. Yep, yep, he yep. sure did. Um, you know, the, the Broncos can run the ball well, and they did in this game, but, uh, you know, just it just wasn't enough. Uh, and and we'll get to the bold strategy, you know, uh, a little bit later. But just your initial thoughts on, you know, the Chiefs winning. Because, look, I mean, it is a divisional game. The Broncos are better than they get credit for. They're 6-6 six and six now. I mean, they had a good defense. So, like, I still say that's a good win for Kansas City. Like, even if it was – you know, didn't look pretty, they, they won ugly. So, so what?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, listen, Kansas city is completely turned themselves around. They are, they're winning with defense now. And you saw it last night. I mean, Andy Reid was kicking field goals uh, in the red zone when, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes and it's like a fourth and three. And that's because, you know, th- their defensive line and Chris Jones, those guys, they're healthy now and they're a difference maker. They really are. I mean, it's like any, and it's weird. You know, we, sometimes you just got to be simple with football. We overanalyze, we panic about things. Um, You know, the bears are better defensively when a key mix and Cleo Mack are healthy and playing well. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Steelers are great when TJ Watt is healthy and like, Miles Garrett is that way. You know, I think he has something a little bit to say about defensive player of the year. I think TJ Watt, you know, but Miles Garrett has a little bit to say.
1: Oh, I mean, Hey, they're, they're neck and neck. I mean, yeah. I think has a half sack more than him right
0: now. But. Yeah, it's close. I think Miles Garrett's played in every game. I think that helps him a little bit. I, you know, I, I, you know, T.J. Yeah, Watt, but the fact all... that TJ has more with less games. True. It's very know? interesting. I didn't mean for that to turn into that, but <laughs> you like, that would i mean it's hard i mean the the chiefs defense is built around their back end is not strong but you're okay with your back end not being strong because you've invested so much money in your front four and when your front when your when your stars are injured and not playing well it really exposes the back end of your defense yeah that's that's not great and um and so I do think Chris Collinsworth made a great point last night with that sidearm throw. Patrick Mahomes, he missed one of them in like the red zone area. I do think Mahomes, he needs to find a way to be more Tom Brady-like, in the sense that a lot of this is fine because he's 26 and he's in the he's still entering his prime. But if Patrick Mahomes expects to be 37 Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers does some weird arm angle stuff and he moves. But I mean, look at what Tom Brady's still doing and leading the league at touchdowns and all these things because he has he's perfected his mechanics. He's perfected this stuff that it's like, you know what? I'm just not gonna try to even make that throw, and that's the stuff that. There's times where Patrick Mahomes, it almost like he does underthrow guys where things get away from him because, because he can doesn't mean you should. And I, I'm glad Collinsworth made that point because I do think if Patrick Mahomes over the next five years really starts making some of those changes to his game, the dude will, will be unstoppable. He really will. Yeah. And yeah. That's, the, that's the scary stuff. And just like if Josh Allen can continue to work on the dink and dunk accuracy stuff that dude could be unstoppable. Like they the raw talents that those guys have, and they're winning so much as they are, like if they can start perfecting some of that stuff that, you know, that Brady had to perfect the Drew Brees had to perfect. Cause they didn't have whatever that Manning had his brain. Cause he had to perfect his brain. Cause he didn't have the arm. Those are things you see. We have such young freak athletes now at the quarterback Man, if they can start perfecting some of that veteran stuff, holy crap, you know, you, you'll – No doubt. You know, you really – no, no so, uh Just uh, some
1: Chiefs minor tweaks. Spot.
0: Chiefs are in a great spot. They're peaking at the right time. problem with the Chiefs right now, they just didn't set themselves up well enough to earn that bye. But it may not matter because you have Patrick Mahomes and a, and a defensive – if it stays healthy, it's still a lot of the season left and a deep playoff run that they expect to be a part of. But if that front stays healthy this Chiefs team they're they're back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean be on your uh you know be on your toes uh the rest of the league because this is going to be um a scary team for sure. Quickly
0: for I mean, Denver I and I want your thoughts on this. I don't yeah. think Denver needs a reset like Atlanta does.
1: Definitely not. No. But
0: Denver like and I don't think they need to fire their coach like like the Vikings do. But Denver needs a playmaker. Denver needs a quarterback in that division. In that division with Herbert, Carr, and Mahomes, you cannot do the Minnesota thing. You can't do the great defense and a quarterback that doesn't turn it over. That can get you to the playoffs in the NFC a little bit more. But in the AFC, with Mahomes, with Allen, with Herbert, with, with Lamar Jackson, with Joe Burrow, you need a guy. You need a guy. Denver needs to be all in on Rodgers. They need to be all in on Watson. They need to be all in on, on whatever the star young quarterback in the draft is. They need to go out and find the guy and, and they have a really good weapons and a solid defense. And I think a, a very good head coach. I think Vic Fangio's has proven a lot like Brian Flores says the guy can coach in this league. He has a culture. He's got systems at work in that really tough division. They're competitive in that division with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, yeah, exactly. A guy, Denver could be scary.
1: Well, yeah, they got amazing weapons and a really good defense. I I think that Aaron Rodgers would fit this team extremely yeah, well. He should they should be have to all get in that.
0: Russell Wilson,
1: and maybe they'll even go after a guy who just got fired in Joe Brady from uh Carolina for yeah. to be an, an offensive up. coordinator and, and help bring Joe up Brady, uh, you know a lot go of these over the
0: program. He'll be he'll be great in college. He got a raw deal in Carolina. We didn't talk about it because I raw yeah. deal. No,
1: yeah, it's it's kind of a, a scapegoat. He was Pierce being Sam used Darnold as like the, Cam
0: Newton as your quarterbacks. Oh, we're gonna fire offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, yeah, a young up and coming guy. I mean, if he doesn't yeah. find work, yeah, I think he'll find work in the league. He interviewed for head coaching jobs, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll we'll stay here real quick for the bold strategy because I mean, this was really kind of what did yeah. it in. You th- you think for Denver, right? Second quarter, they're driving a twenty play drive. You kept Patrick Mahomes on the sideline for almost 10 minutes of the football game. Yeah. And what it was fourth and two, I believe in the red zone
0: early second quarter and you go for it. You can
1: salvage the drive by saying, yeah, we only got three points, but we kept Mahomes off the field and we played football kind of like what you were saying earlier about just like the simple stuff. It's also about playing the game simple as well. They went for it. And they didn't get it. And all of a sudden, now you have the 20-play drive that ended with nothing.
0: So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, it felt – they just didn't feel the same after that. And um, it's all hindsight 2020 because absolutely, yes, you can't beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals. But the game's not over in the second quarter. You know what I mean? Like, Well, yeah, and it would have been a 10-6 ball game at the half. And 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 that drive – you know, you you can't beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals, but you can lose games when your offense is not built to score and you have an opportunity to score points. That's how I feel about my Bears, and I watch them a lot times too. When your offense struggles to get first downs and you're not an offensive team, if you're in the red zone, you have got to get points. You just have to get points because. That gives everyone on your sideline a little bit of life and a little bit of juice. And it, and it, and I know it's not a touchdown and you may still lose the game. They probably were going to lose the game anyways, but it gives you enough of that life and enough of momentum to say, Hey, the next time we get the ball, you know, even if they scored a touchdown the next time the Chiefs touched it, you, you know, you had a really good productive drive. Let's try again. Like, let's, you know, it just was, it seemed like a killer, I don't want to kill Fangio on it, the decision, because, yeah, you can't beat the Chiefs of field goals, and everything's about getting wins. But that felt like one of those moments where the rule of thumb should be for coaches, if your drive lasts over 15 plays, kick the fucking field goal. Yeah, that's what just, it takes to get points in the end. Just, just, just get it get over points. with. Just get points. At yeah. End. Yep, just
1: take it, accept it, and then move forward. Uh, to finally, just real quick, any any thoughts on tonight's matchup? Obviously, it's huge implications. Uh, tiebreaker in the AFC bum, 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 East. Bum, 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 Bills are seven bum, and four. Bum, Patriots bum, bum. are
0: eight and four. And this bum, one's bum, in Buffalo. Love Buffalo. Love, love Buffalo. Not They're because, getting three points right now. Not because of anything strategically. Uh, no, no real strategic thoughts on the game because you don't come to me for that. Uh, I love Buffalo because I don't, I can't, mentally have new england be back like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not mentally, ready for it yet. Mentally yeah. as a fan of the National Football League. Uh I need Buffalo to win this game. I just do. Um no, I I will say if, if I'm looking at it, Buffalo's at home, uh Josh Allen he, as much as Bill Belichick gets credit for causing chaos for young quarterbacks, Sean McDermott's a very good defensive coach, and I I do have some faith that Sean McDermott can have a plan for Mac Jones and what New England can do. And Buffalo, since the bad Jacksonville loss, which is just so weird now looking back at that loss nine six whatever the bleep it was, they have been playing really a, a good more what we expect out of Buffalo. I think New. I think the the thing is Buffalo's more explosive at home. I think this game means more to Buffalo at this point in time. And I think Josh Allen in the bright lights will have a big game. And, uh, and again, a lot of this is based on me just needing Buffalo to win just for my own sanity.
1: (laughs) I could see this playing out either way for this one reason. It looks like and I'm looking at the report right now that there is going to be wind gusts of up to 50 miles an hour.
0: Oh, that's that's so now attractive. that is so attractive. Josh
1: Allen wins that battle because he has the arm strength to cut through wind way better than Mac. Yeah, Jones. but New England
0: runs the football. But way But New
1: England better. runs runs the football way better. And New England so,
0: defensively is just better than Buffalo.
1: So, so I I would probably longer,
0: hold on. I'm logging onto the the 41. Mark, the I think
1: they, they had. I think it was Ooh. 40 or 40 and a half. 40 and a half i mean i would take the under in this one i i, I think it's going to be a very tight battle all the way i
0: forty one
1: yeah that's uh that, that's just tough i mean it you know twenty one twenty gets you that but it's just
0: well yeah it gets you the push at least you know, totally I, yeah.
1: well yeah but it's, i'm looking at forty and a half right now, but either way um i, I yeah i don't know man this this game is very difficult to i'm going to go patriots though i just
0: I think, oh, listen, saying, I, I you know, mean, I, I, I think, think New England's, New England's playing so better good. football right now, but I, I you know, I'm just going to, yeah, it's just, it's, I hope it's a great game. I, and I, yeah. and I really, I, yeah. Mark, need you know, I hate speaking in the third person, but I'm going to remove myself from myself. People like Mark need the Buffalo Bills to win. Like people who are football fans like me, just, you need Buffalo to win.
1: Well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good for the league too because it would, it would really make these uh, final games even more theatrical in nature and more d- dramatic. So yeah, they, they have three points, minus three. I don't know if I have them covering because honestly, I think the Patriots win this game. So I would probably take Patriots money line on this one if I were to bet at, but I would probably steer away because this is just, this game could go either way. Um, I'll give the edge to the Pats though, but we shall see.
0: Anything else, right. man? As we uh, wrap this one up, no, that's gonna do it for me. I uh, I'm very excited to watch Monday Night Football, and I think that uh, I think that it's going. Uh, you know, we will be. I, I will. Oh, quickly, the Super Bowl plane. Um, there's oh, yeah, not yeah. much changes. The only thing that really happened was I added to first class the Cardinals back in first class because now that Murray's healthy, I you know it's what I said last week. I just wanted to see them back together. And now they're back and they, they haven't missed a stride. So it's Packers, Bucks, Patriots, Chiefs, Cardinals. Patriots get to stay there because they haven't played yet. Business class, Titans, Bills, Rams. Remember, business class is, I think they can win multiple playoff games if things go their way. Standby. I downgraded the Ravens to standby. I just don't. The Ravens are. The Ravens are so shaky to me right now. I still think they're they're going to be a playoff team, but I just don't know if they can win playoff games. I added the football team, the Cowboys, the Colts, and the Chargers to stand by, meaning they feel like playoff teams at this point in time. And uh, if they win a game, I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I they're not, they're not Super Bowl contenders.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I don't have too much uh, issue with any of that because we just you know. The, the ravens haven't shown enough to, to instill a ton of confidence at this point so i would i i totally get you on that one and the others you mentioned are definitely teams that could be one and dones but they will probably get there at least to the tournament and um kind of see what happens from there so all right good stuff uh that's that will do it for our week 13 recap thank you all again for for listening we appreciate the support and as we mentioned you know uh, in the coming weeks here, we're going to switch things over to, to much more philosophical discussions about the playoff pictures and things like that, as uh, as some of these other matchups are meaning less and less as teams are completely out of the picture, while some of these divisional matchups are, you know, really ramping up. So we'll we'll keep our, our focus on what matters here in the final month of the regular season. Uh, as we turn the corner, really, this is a turning point in the league and in the season, so... Uh, appreciate you all listening. As always, you can uh, follow Mark at Mark Hespin, myself at Dan Vasco, and the show at FB Lounge Pod. And, uh, you know, just be sure to give us a like. Subscribe on YouTube as well if you enjoy the show. Thank you all, and uh, we'll see you here next week.